What you guys, it's Katie, and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we are discussing the mysterious death of Lisa Lamb, who is the girl that went missing in a hotel back in 2013, and her body was found in the water tower of the hotel. So with that, let's just get straight into this case. Elisa Lamb was a 21-year-old college student who was born in Vancouver, Canada on April 30th of 1991, and she decided in January of 2013 that she was going to go on a trip by herself to Los Angeles, California in the United States. So that is exactly what she did. She obviously had to be on quite a budget, though, because of being a college student and all of that. She didn't have very much money to spend on this trip. So she was staying in kind of more rundown hotels, hotels where you, like, share a bathroom with other guests, things like that. And she was basically exploring California. While she was traveling in California, she was taking buses and the Amtrak, and she had all kinds of pictures on her social media of things she was doing, like how she visited the San Diego Zoo and all of that. And just two days later, she checks in to the Cecil Hotel, which is downtown near Skid Row, which if y'all know anything about true crime... You may have heard of Skid Row. It is pretty infamous in California for being a very high crime area with a large homeless population, all of that kind of stuff. And a lot of tourists end up staying in this area because the hotels are so much cheaper, but they don't realize that the reason why is because of the crime rate and the high homeless population in this area. So I'm sure that this was probably kind of shocking for Elisa as well when she first got to her hotel, but needless to say, she still stayed at this hotel and she checked in and all was good. She was keeping in contact with her family every single day while she was traveling until February 1st of 2013 which was the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel and leave to go to Santa Cruz, California. And her parents did not hear from her that day. So that's when they contacted the Los Angeles Police Department because they knew this wasn't right and she should have been contacting them. Elisa's family also fly in to Los Angeles to help with the search. And of course, the police go straight to the hotel, start asking hotel staff questions, all that kind of stuff, and they do get answers from the hotel staff saying that they did see her then, that she was alone, and then also a manager at a nearby bookstore by the name of Katie Oprin, which I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but I think it's kind of funny that her name is Katie, but anyways... Um, Katie Oprin was a manager at a bookstore called The Last Bookstore 
and she also recalled seeing Elisa that day, and she's quoted as saying she was very outgoing, very lively, and very friendly, and she was there getting gifts for her family, apparently. She was talking about what books she was getting, and if they would be too heavy to carry around as she traveled, things like that with Katie. So, in my mind, this is not somebody that is planning on disappearing, because if you are planning on maybe just disappearing, you don't want any contact with your family anymore, that kind of thing, you're not going to buy gifts for your family. But anyways, moving on. So the next step in their investigation is to do a search through the hotel building. So they search the building, the rooftop, all of that with the dogs even tracking her scent and they were unsuccessful in detecting her scent at all and according to sergeant rubio lopez they said that they were not able to search every single room because that would only be able to happen if they had probable cause that a crime had been committed meaning at this point just because she's just missing does not mean a crime has actually been committed. She could have gone missing on her own accord. And if that was the case, they did not have the right to go through and look through every person's hotel room at this stage in the investigation. Now, on February 6th, after a week of looking for Elisa, they had had no sign of her at all. So the Los Angeles Police Department decides that they need more help. So they put out flyers with her image around the neighborhood and online, and this is really what brought the public's attention to this case, and it kind of started to go viral, especially when this next video was found and shared online. On February 15th, after another week of no sign of Elisa, the Los Angeles Police Department releases a video that shows the elevator at the Cecil Hotel and this is surveillance video of the last time Elisa is known to be alive her last known location which was from February 1st and approximately two and a half minutes into the footage is what they show and she is alone on the elevator making all kinds of unusual movements and gestures leaving the elevator at one point while the door remains open even though it should have closed automatically and she presses a bunch of buttons at once she's looking around constantly hiding in the corner of the elevator all of this stuff which is very suspicious behavior and of course to the average viewer of this video it seems like she's looking for something or someone And she seems very afraid and disturbed. So when the public is able to view this video, they come up with all kinds of theories about what they think happened to her. Some people think that the video is even tampered with before it was made public. So maybe the investigators edited out some of the footage trying to hide something, something like that is what some people think after it was made public that she also had bipolar disorder 
Some people thought that this was a part of the mental illness, maybe, and that's why she was acting this way. But still to this day, we really don't know why she was acting this way. During the search for Lisa, the guest at the hotel began to complain about there being a really low water pressure. And later on, they even said that sometimes the water was black and had an awful taste in their hotels. And on the morning of February 19th, Santiago Lopez, a hotel maintenance worker, went up to the rooftop to check out what was wrong with their water towers. And that's when he found Elisa Lamb's body in one of the four 1,000-gallon tanks that are located on the top of the roof for the Cecil Hotel that are for the guest rooms, kitchen, and a coffee shop. Through the open hatch, the maintenance worker could see Elisa's body laying face up in the water, and of course, the authorities were called and they had to remove her body, so the tank was drained and cut open since the maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate for the equipment that was needed to remove her body. Now, just a side note here. Thinking about the hotel guest drinking this water, showering in this water, washing their hands, washing their clothes in this water for 20 days, you guys, or 19, almost 20 days. Oh my god, like, what? And the water was black in color and had a bad taste. And to think that's because her body was in there. Oh my god. Oh, that gives me chills. Anyway, okay, we need to move on. (laughs) On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued the finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a factor the full coroner's report released in june of that year stated that her body had been found naked clothing similar to what she was wearing in the elevator video was floating in the water coated with a sand-like particle her watch and room key were also found on her And the body was moderately decomposed and bloated. It was mostly greenish and had some marbling evidence on the abdomen and skin separation evidence. So, in other words, she had been in there for probably the full 19 days that she had been missing. And there was no evidence of physical, sexual trauma or suicide, anything like that. It was just ruled an accidental drowning with the bipolar disorder as a factor. So basically, their theory is that she hadn't been taking her medication, which, if I remember correctly from some of the other sources I was reading, that was a fact because there was too much medicine in her room that they found. There would not have been that much if she had been taking it regularly. 
So she was off of her medication for a little while. And their theory is that she thought something was chasing her. And that's why she was acting this way in the video. And she basically went up to the top floor thinking something was following her. And went into the water tower and ended up dying there because she couldn't get back out is the official theory and official reasoning for her death. Okay, yes, I just reread my sources and they do say that it was noted that her prescription drugs in her system were not enough. So she was under medicating or stopped taking her medications recently before her death and this was basically the reasoning for why she ended up in the water tower and ended up dead. Now I'm going to go over what I think really quickly with you guys because I mean I think this is possible. I think crazier things could have happened but I want to give you a couple reasons why I don't think this is the case. So my first reason for why I think this wasn't on her own accord and she didn't just climb in the water tower herself and this is the biggest reason why I think this is because the top hatch on the water tower was closed. The water level should not have been high enough according to what I've read and everything I've watched and all of that. The water level should not have been high enough for her to have closed that on herself. So that would mean someone would have had to close it on top of her. So that, in my mind, automatically means someone else was there and maybe even put her in the water tower. Maybe she was still alive before then. I don't know. But how did she close the maintenance hatch if the water level was not high enough for her to even get out. Another thing that is suspicious to me is why was she found naked? There are a couple people that do believe in the accidental drowning theory that say if she was actually drowning that maybe she took her own clothes off while she was drowning because she thought maybe it would make her lighter or something and able to float better, something like that. Which I guess that is possible, but in my mind, I mean, I guess you don't know what you're obviously going to think in a situation like that, but I would feel like if I'm going to die here in this situation, I don't want them to find me naked when they find my body. So I'm going to keep my clothes on. Maybe that isn't what you would be thinking. I don't know, but... That's just a thought I had. And also, why were her clothes covered in a, quote, sand-like particle? Like, what was on her clothes that was a sand-like particle that they never elaborated on that? I'm like, what is that? I don't know, but that seems suspicious. How did that get there? But... Anyways, that's something else that is a little weird to me. Alright, y'all. And my final thing that I feel like makes this really suspicious, in my opinion, is why was she acting so normal 
leading up to her disappearance. Other than the elevator video, why were all of her interactions with other people seemingly normal? And why was nobody else seeing these bizarre interactions? The only time we saw these bizarre interactions or anyone that saw these bizarre interactions have come forward. No one has seen it unless they just haven't come forward. The only evidence we have of the bizarre things happening is the elevator video. Other than that, she seems completely normal up until the time she disappears. Even according to the lady at the bookstore, she seemed very outgoing, was talking about the gifts she was getting for her family. The people at the hotel said she seemed normal, you know what I mean? So why did she seem so normal if less than a day later she could climb into a water tower and drowned on her own accord. You know what I mean? I don't know. That part just trips me up as well. And I feel like with all of those things combined, in my mind, it was not an accidental drowning. Did she put herself in that water tower? I don't know. Did somebody else put her there? I don't know. Was it foul play? I don't know. But, you know, I feel like this case just needs a little more investigating instead of just ruling it as an accidental drowning because it could have been anything and I just don't think that she could have even climbed in there let alone close the hatch and all of that by herself but maybe I'm wrong I don't know all right y'all that is it for this week's case I did just want to mention to you guys really quickly before I get on to the crochet pattern that there is an awesome show on Netflix that I've watched multiple times now about this case and I think it's really fascinating and they give a lot more in-depth details than obviously what I can do in this short amount of time on one podcast. So that show is called Crime Scene The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. If you guys are interested in checking that out, that is a full in-depth thing on the missing and mysterious death of Elisa Lamb in the Cecil Hotel, and it even gives you a little bit of information about the Cecil Hotel in general, like how the Night Stalker, a very infamous serial killer, lived there at one point during his crime spree. So anyways, I do think that's very interesting, and a lot of my information did come from that show as well. So if y'all are interested in watching that, I do highly recommend that. But now with that, let's just get in to the crochet pattern for this week. This week's crochet pattern is Tab the Chubby Frog, which is a free crochet pattern that can be found on Ribbler. And the shop name is Starlux Crochet. And I gotta tell you guys, this pattern is super cute. I actually used this pattern. If you follow me on my regular Instagram page, I used this pattern for the frog I made recently, and it turned out super cute, so I definitely think y'all should check this one out. It is a free pattern, and it is beginner-friendly as well, so I think it is super cute, and little frogs are just such a fun and quick thing to crochet, so again, I think this is a super great pattern, 
And again, that is Star Lux Crochet on Rippler. And on Instagram, she is at Star Lux underscore crochet. That is Star L-U-X underscore crochet. And on Rippler, Star L-U-X crochet. So that is it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to check out this crochet pattern as well as pictures from this episode, my sources, all that kind of stuff, you can always head over to my Instagram at Cram and Crochet. That is the best place to find everything that I talk about in each episode. So again, before I wrap up this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that you can check out today's crochet pattern as well as my sources, pictures of the people involved in this case and much much more over on my instagram at crime and crochet as all one word as well as if you want to help me out the best way you can help me is leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on if you are enjoying the podcast with that thank you so much for listening to this episode and i hope you will join me here next saturday for the next episode of crime and crochet and make sure y'all are staying safe out there so you don't end up being one of these victims we talk about every week goodbye y'all